We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. What is up, Chiefs team, and welcome into today's episode of KCSN Update. I'm Tucker Franklin, hanging out with my guy Aaron Ladd. You you probably know him from the TV. You can turn your dial to channel 41. Like I've always got my channel dialed to 41 to catch Aaron. He's a sports anchor there on uh, KSHB 41. Aaron, how you doing? I'm so glad we could uh, sit down get to catch up about this Chiefs football team. This is awesome. Long overdue, my guy Tuck. We're just missing the seltzers here, you know, yeah. like to to really to really make this a Tucker Franklin affair. No, this is awesome, man. Appreciate you having me on. It's kind of that we were just talking before coming on mic. Kind of the quiet time. Vacations. Yeah. Just got off the grill. Memorial Day was uh this past weekend. This is uh supposedly quiet time, but we know there's no quiet time in the NFL. They make it a twelve month a year sport. Sometimes thirteenth months a year. It seems like uh, with the NFL, they make it all year round, and it is it is insane. As you mentioned when we were when we were off off the top of the show, you know we had the draft in Kansas City, so that didn't stop. Coming off a Super Bowl parade, goes right into the draft. So in Kansas City, it was it was nonstop. Finally having those streets open. I don't know about you, but finally having those streets open downtown by Union Station. I felt like they were closed forever with the prep getting up ready for the draft. And then even afterwards, they kept them closed for like a week longer. So it's good to have the city kind of emptied out now. I just avoided that area for a while. Outside of like the the draft, went out Thursday night, had a great time. First round, it was packed. Great to see the city on fire. Locals, we were like, nah, we're good. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll stay away. I'll see y'all uh, next time. The, the 2026 stuff, having that up at Union Station Oh yeah, no, super cool. I love also about like the 2026 World Cup when they like did when they dropped the logo, right? I love that every picture of Union Station also had like the Spider-Man experience picture in it too because they had the Spider-Man experience there. So like, yeah, this is the World Cup logo. Also, you can go see Tom Holland's Spider-Man suit down in the basement. Perfect timing. It's incredible. But let's get into it. Let's talk about D-Hop before we talk about some uh, players primed for a breakout season in 2023 because there's a lot of guys that you start looking at on this roster and you'd be like, wow, it's a big year for for a lot of these guys, young guys and kind of older guys too. But let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins first. 
Uh, Aaron, I spent a whole podcast yesterday with Charles Goldman and Chiefs Wire talking about DeAndre Hopkins kind of from all angles. But that's really what everyone's talking about right now is can the Chiefs come in? Can they sign DeAndre Hopkins? The Bills are another team kind of looking at DeAndre Hopkins. I want to know, Aaron, your thoughts on kind of the whole situation as a whole because it's really weird. Like he got released, which is also a very strange thing. I don't know if the league as a whole anticipated him being released. So what are your thoughts on the whole DeAndre Hopkins situation? This has been a saga that we've been following for so long now. It's like that couple that's like, are they going to break up? Are they going to stay together? They're fighting all the time. Him and the Cardinals going back and forth. The most recent thing I saw, Tucker, was him on uh, IG talking about, oh, I'm here. You know, who said I wanted to leave? You know, I'm. Yeah. Uh, who said I wanted uh, to, to find another quarterback? And then a, uh, being on a podcast like a week later saying, oh, yeah, if there was five quarterbacks not in Arizona. These are the ones that I want to play with. Uh, him being a free agent now. And being able to get for nothing, right? The whole thing up to this up to this point was you had to trade for him. You had to approximate what his value would be, plus the money that he was supposedly supposed to be getting this first year. Where the cap hit was like thirty million, I think it was like nineteen. There was a lot of there was a lot of funny money in there and stuff like that. But the fact that he's now been cut, he can talk to multiple teams, and and you can get him for the price of acquisition. Um, it, it's interesting as far as KC is concerned. And I said this on 610 locally, and I've said this other places. I just feel like there's no room in the end, to use a biblical reference. KC has operated this entire offseason as if they are working with already who's in-house plus the second-round draft pick, Rasheed Rice. Also, they've invested two second-rounders in back-to-back years. They've invested a second-rounder in the position in back-to-back years. You know long-term those guys are going to be on the roster. I added Justin Watson as well as a guy who they've liked. Mahomes has called a security blanket in the past. They signed him to a multi-year deal this offseason. We know how they feel about Kadarius Tony. They they acquire uh, uh, Richie James, a guy who's shown the, the ability to do it in an offense similar. I just feel like DeAndre Hopkins for the Chiefs is something that maybe could have happened a few months ago uh, at the right price, but right now it feels like um, there's a lot of different factors to getting it done, of course, including money. For sure, and I, I definitely... there's. <laughs> There's so many different, like, new, we talked about this yesterday. There's It's such a nuanced conversation about what can work and what can't. I know the money side of it's talked about, and then people who are really wanting DeAndre Hopkins out here say, well, you can just restructure Chris Jones, or you can extend Chris Jones and restructure that first year. You can get him in. At that point, it's just like, is is the juice worth the squeeze at that point um, when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins? A really interesting question that uh, Charles kind of gave and, and thrown at, threw at me yesterday Another guy the Chiefs have been talking about re-signing, bringing in, is Frank Clark. I don't know how much the Chiefs have been talking about it, more like Chris Jones has been talking about. Uh, <laughs> Everybody re-signing. on Twitter has been talking about it, basically. Right. And if and if he wants to come back on a team-friendly deal, you got to think the Chiefs would be open to that. And he, he basically phrased this question to me of, who do you think would benefit the Chiefs kind of for the longer term, right? If, if they were to re-sign DeAndre Hopkins or to re-sign Frank Clark, who we saw at training camp last year, out there with George Karloftis. Now he's got FAU. He's got B.J. Thompson to work with as well. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Is, is who do you think kind of long-term helps? Because DeAndre Hopkins can do the same thing in the receiver room, really. And if DeAndre Hopkins comes to Kansas City on that incentive-laden short-term deal that everybody here in Chiefs Kingdom believes that every player wants and would want to sign to get to play with Patrick Mahomes, he's not going to do that long-term. He's going to do that and get his ring in this mystical scenario and then use that as the jump spring and the trampoline to go get the final deal. Remember, he turns thirty-one uh, in a few in a few weeks, right? He's coming up on he, he's coming up on 
past that point of what we consider is his prime. Uh, uh, you can consider what you want on that. But this is an older receiver. How how much are you really getting out of the lemon as far as DeAndre Hopkins if you acquire him uh, for a long-term deal or a multi-year deal this offseason? Frank Clark is interesting. I love how we have fantasized that relationship. That relationship is, is, is similar to what I described earlier. Chiefs fans hated him at first. He, yeah. he, he's not the guy. The offseason, he's a distraction. He doesn't show up until week 13. And then he wins the Super Bowl going out. And it's like, oh, why do we cut Frank Clark? Well, I mean, look at the dollar figures. You're saving money. Like, he really, was it, four and a half last year? And I, I get the veteran leadership. You can't really put a dollar figure on that. Word to UD headed to another finals in the third decade of his career. But do, do, do you want a UD Frank Clark to come in and, and be more of a, like, a figurehead? Or do you want DeAndre Hopkins to come in? If you're giving me those two options, I say D-Hop because of the talent, right? Nobody's de- debating his talent. And I remember J.J. Watt even said on social media, he still has some of the best hands in the league um, uh, for a guy who was doing it with Colt McCoy and some of these busted up uh, quarterbacks. You give him Patrick Mahomes, I'm salivating at what he could do in this offense. Right. But I just don't think the dollars and cents make sense. And I, and I think also Kansas City has operated. It's the two parts of it, right? It's the money and it's the fact that Kansas City already played out a different scenario with their wide receiver room. That, yeah, they'll be in the mix and they'll play it out if it's an incentive-laden deal and it makes sense, but I, I, I'll take D-Hop in that scenario. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I really do. DeAndre Hopkins one of my favorite players that I've ever, like, watched. He's he's so incredibly captivating, and a lot of people that I've seen uh, kind of justify... I've, I've seen Chiefs Kingdom kind of do this on Twitter of already, like, putting D-Hop down as, like, oh, yeah, we didn't want him anyway because, like, it feels like that he's not going to choose. He's like, oh, he's 30. He's going to be 31. He's not as fast as he was, but like D Hop ran like a four five forty, I think, at the combine. So it's like he was never super fast to begin with. He is always that that guy who can go up and get those contested catches. He can, you know, make plays happen. You saw the the one time in in uh, Arizona when he had that hail mary with like four guys on him. He can make plays happen and giving Patrick Mahomes that guy to be able to make plays like that happen would be incredibly exciting. And I think. You talk about it from uh, the X's and O's standpoint. It, it, I think it takes some pressure off of Kadarius Tony to be a number one wide receiver. It takes some pressure off Sky Moore to really have to go into a, a bigger role than he would really have to. Uh, we talked about that very early on in the in the off season. Of uh, I know us at KC Sports Network were talking about uh, just what we thought the Chiefs were going to do in free agency. And they said, okay, we think that they're going to address the offense in free agency, maybe bring in a wide receiver to take some of that pressure off do some offensive line, but they kind of went heavy on defense, bringing in Charles Minahu, Drew Tranquil, those guys like that. So uh, very interesting to see those, just like the roster construction, the wide receiver. And you make a good point about them spending all that capital on wide receivers. They brought in Richie James too. And it's just a lot of those guys in that, in that locker room. It's like, you're looking at it now and they're like, it feels like they've got 13, 14 wide receivers right now, queuing for six spots. And you know, they like that fifth, sixth wide out, whoever it is, they like that guy to compete on special teams. So if you sure. shift DeAndre Hopkins in, he's not a guy that's going to be in Dave Tobe's unit. I hate to break the news to uh, Chiefs Kingdom, but that makes it even more crucial. Is it a Justin Watson who now has to play the special team snaps? Is it one of the Rosses that you love? Is it a Richie James that comes across? Uh, I like, and I talked about this as well, and maybe why DeAndre Hopkins makes sense for a team that has a younger quarterback or a more ex- inexperienced quarterback like a Bryce Young in Carolina, which is a team I, I think makes a lot of sense for him, has the money and the cap space to be able to make it happen. DeAndre Hopkins is a professional wideout. You, he, he's one of the best route runners as well. I know uh, J.J. thinks he has the best hands. But when I think DeAndre Hopkins, I think routes. I think 
those the, the footwork is immaculate. I think all of the route tree, I think the sideline catches and the toe drag swag that he's able to do on the sideline. If you bring him into the Chiefs offense, he gives Mahomes that ability to know, or Mahomes gives him that ability to know everything, know where he's going to be, extend the play. Because um, all you need is space. The whole Chiefs offense and the whole Andy Reid offense is predicated on being able to create that create that little bit of sp- separation and space from the cornerbacks. DeAndre Hawkins does that at, a, at an elite level still. 30-31, be damned. There's not going to be many people that keep up with him. And I remember the conversations on Twitter, Tucker. People were saying, who's the best wide receiver, not Tyreek Hill, that Patrick Mahomes has ever thrown to? If DeAndre Hopkins is acquired by the Chiefs, it would be, it would, it would be him, yeah. uh, unequivocally. Yeah, and possibly with Tyreek Hill, too. Ooh, you could, you could that, argument. That's you, spicy. I'm not going to go that far, but that, that, that's <laughs> spicy. Listen, one could argue. We're arguing about it right now, so arguably. Uh, no, I think Aaron, let's uh let's let's hit the reset button here on this conversation. Let's uh, let's talk about uh some players prime for a breakout. But first, we gotta take a break. We'll be back. Aaron and I will be back and we're gonna chop up about some of these players prime for a breakout in twenty twenty three. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back in here to KCSN Update. Hanging out with Aaron Ladd from 41, sports anchor there. If you're watching sports, you'll see Aaron Ladd on Channel 41 on your dial. Aaron, uh, let's talk about some of these players primed for a breakout in 2023 because I think this roster is so interesting. As we were kind of already talking about before the break about the roster with DeAndre Hopkins getting added to it, the roster already withstanding the wide receiver room is a very interesting uh, group of, of guys, but who... Do you kind of when I when I say a player primed for a breakout season, who's that first guy that kind of pops into your head when I when you hear that? I, I stay defensive. I'm going to stay away from the wide receiver room because it's just a mess. I, I'm not going to be able to predict it. Uh, I everybody who asks me fantasy questions as far as Chiefs wide receivers, like I, I have no idea. 
who who's the guy there. Defensively, and especially when we talk breakout, I think it's easier because this, this defense had so many rookies last year. This defense had so many guys where it was their first taste of NFL action. It was their first taste of playing a full season, first taste of playing a full postseason, first Super Bowl. I got sick of that going down and down the line last year on who it would be. So I'll stick with the young guys. George Karloftis, to me, seems like that guy that when you say pride for a breakout, he's that guy, especially when you consider, Tucker, how he finished last year's regular season and the postseason with the sack streak. Um, we knew it was going to take a while. He was a guy where Kansas City said when they drafted him day one, he's raw, he's got a few moves, but we see the potential there. And down the stretch, what was it, five and seven weeks or six and eight weeks, whatever it was, he was part of that machine for Kansas City where we started to see the motor a lot more. This is a unit that was in top five of sacks last year out of nowhere, right? We, yeah. we, we, we were begging them to get to the quarterback more and more. I think George Karlotta is a big part of, of what they do as far as breakouts because the opportunity is there is there as well. Uh, it, it's a young unit. It's a unit where you're wondering if they should bring back Frank Clark. God dang it. Uh, but, but the opportunity is there for George Karlotta to enter training camp, understanding what it takes to win a Super Bowl because he did that in his first taste. He's starting to look like a veteran in that room now. You're talking about how young that Can room is. Can you say is, that about a second guy? Can you say that about a second year guy? I don't know, but like you're looking in that room, you're like, oh. A lot of young guys in there. A lot of young guys all across that defensive line. I really like what they've done addressing the defensive line as a whole. I really like that pick with George Karloftis. He's a guy with a high motor who those those sacks that he gets, he's not going to be bending off the edge, right? He's not gonna. You're not going to see him come around the edge like you usually uh, think of like a, a Nick or a Joey Bosa to do. He's going to be getting that second effort sack, that third effort sack. He's going to be chasing guys out of bounds. Uh, and when I think about breakout players, you're right. I stay on the defensive side of the ball, too, because of, there were so many young guys. And the first guy that came into my mind when I started thinking about, OK, who could be a guy that's really primed for a breakout is Brian Cook. And I think mm-hmm. Brian Cook is now in that, that now in that role where Juan Thornhill is no longer in Kansas City, didn't re-sign him. Now, I don't know if that's if the Chiefs didn't want to re-sign him or he just wanted to go somewhere else and get his money. Good for Juan. I'm glad that he went somewhere to get to get some money. Glad to see that happen. But Brian Cook now has a, a bigger role to step into. We saw him play very good towards the end of the season, especially in that Super Bowl, played really nice. Uh, I really like what Brian Cook adds to this team. And the secondary as a whole, too. You start looking at the secondary, young guys up and down. And they're now second-year players. And I liked what you know LeJarius Sneed was saying about those guys before the Super Bowl. Like, hey, look, they've got a full season under the belt now. They're not rookies no more. Like, they're, they're, they're here to play, here to compete. And I think that Brian Cook's one of those guys who's going to step up and, and show up big next year. The second part of like no longer being a rookie and like digesting it and going through it and understanding it is now there's there's reserves behind you. Like you are part of that next generation that has to do the teaching now. Some of those veterans like a Juan Thornhill or those people who were there for you that kind of took you under and they were your vet or whatever. There's going to be young players that are coming in one arrowhead drive now looking at you in that same way. They're going to be looking at a Trent McDuffie and say, Dog, you won a Super Bowl. Like, teach me how to get in and out of these routes. Teach me how to learn this playbook. Teach me how to keep my body healthy through an 18-game regular season in a Super Bowl run. Teach me how to play in the freaking cold of Arrowhead Stadium. Like, I, I think George Karlotis is going to take that turn, and the reason why I kind of picked him as my breakout guy is because those moments where Frank Clark was teaching him last year kind of off to the side in St. Joe, oh, that was my dryer. Did you hear my dryer just finish? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, I, I think George Karloftis is going to be maybe he doesn't do it in the same way that Frank Clark did um, as far as like, you know, visibly like, hey, coach you off to the side, but he'll do it in his own way. And I think every guy has that that moment in their 
NFL journey or whatever, where they go from the teach to the teacher, if you will. Absolutely. Very excited to see kind of this defense as a whole, as I mentioned already with a bunch of young guys. And again, when I started thinking about like guys prime for a breakout season, I kept going to the defensive side of the ball. Leo Chanel's another one because the Chiefs mm-hmm. are going to have to make a decision about Willie Gay. Um, and if Leo Chanel can make that decision for them, um, if he if he has a really good year this year. Now, would I love to see them keep this linebacker core together for a while? Yeah, I would absolutely love that. But, you know, in the Patrick Mahomes era, they're always going to want to give Patrick Mahomes a new shiny toy on the offensive side of the ball. Sometimes that comes down to, um, I don't want to, maybe manipulating contracts on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's not necessarily a bad thing that they're gonna shortchange guys, and that's that kind of is a conversation with Legarius Sneed too. Is do you resign Legarius Sneed here with all these young guys? Do you spend that money on the defensive side of the ball when you know you'd really kind of like to have a nice shiny DeAndre Hopkins or whoever other wide receiver comes out on the other side uh, of this free agency period? But it's gonna be really interesting to see how this defense kind of react or just adjust as they're another year older. Uh, do you anticipate seeing any sort of a sophomore slump with these guys, with this group? It's funny you mentioned Leo Chanel. If he could show his athleticism from the parade on like oh, yeah. every single one of the little, like this dude is like scaling buildings. Can you scale buildings in every game from here on out? I I, <laughs> so, I wonder about Chanel, and I wouldn't call it a sophomore slump, but it's kind of back to what I was saying earlier about opportunity. That linebacker room is, is muddied. It's kind of like the wide receiver room. KC's just like, we're getting as many talented athletic linebackers that fit this one build that we like. We're just going to jam this room, fill it as many of them as we can, and we'll see who the best four are. We'll see who the best group is, and we'll go from there. I don't know how often Leo Chanel is going to be in that group, and that's what wonders me about his mm-hmm. breakout candidate, so to speak. It, it, I stay in the defensive side, I say, out of Jalen Watson and Josh Williams. Which one of those guys is going to be like the Legereus Sneed replacement? Because that's going to have to be part of the conversation when we talk about extensions and Chris Jones' extension and Mahomes' new contract potentially. LJ is on that list as far as I'm trying to get paid next. I got a ring. I'm playing. You're putting me on your number one receiver or your number two. Like it's my time. I've exceeded my rookie deal. Like it's time for me to get paid. We know what Casey does. They get a Josh Williams. They get a they get um Jalen Watson. And they turn those guys into ballers and they turn those guys into, into contributors for a championship organization. The opportunity is where, is there with those two guys as well, Tucker, which is why I'm like, one of those guys, I, I wonder, is going to be on the hot seat to either glow up, be the LJ replacement, or or possibly be on the hot seat as far as a sophomore slump. So I, I want to kind of detour here because I want to talk about Jerry Steen and kind of his contract situation. Do you think he gets re-signed? I think I, I think that everybody thinks that Chris Jones is going to get re-stri- re-signed, restructured, uh, kind of the combination of the both. I think everyone kind of expects that at this point. I know the there was a conversation about possibly trading uh, Chris Jones, but I don't think that's going to happen. Who had that conversation? I listen. I threw it out there. I'll be honest. Yeah, um, no, you start this mess. I started it, and I, it, and I said, "Streets are talking." These people, these people over here are talking. What about was it. your What was your logic in that? No, no, no. You're not running yeah, off no, the hot seat sure. on that. Give Give me your logic in trading Chris Jones away. For sure, his value's never going to be higher than it is right now, right? And so, if you can take that value and turn it into possibly uh, y- younger pieces that are less expensive that you can. Uh, you not necessarily defensive pieces, but like his, his draft picks. I, what what do you think you would trade Chris Jones for? Would it be a first round pick? I would assume. 
is what you would want for a few. I, I I would want more than one. I would I would want more than one. I mean, considering right, right. and you said, yo, his graphic his his value's never been higher. Yeah, he's worth at this point in time one of the most defensive, if not the most uh, dominant defensive interior defensive lineman in the league right now. That's like saying, what would you get for Aaron Donald? I mean, it's up there as far as, yeah, I want multiple ones and then maybe a pick swap in the third or like a fifth. Like, if the Chiefs are willing to go down that that road, ask for the moon. 100%. 100%. And that's that was kind of my thought process there is like the haul you could get for Chris Jones. Could that be good in the era where you're coming up where Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid more? He's going to eventually get paid more money. Uh who knows? He did say he loves winning football games, but listen, everybody wants to get paid more money. Um, and then you got you're gonna have a lot of guys on the offense side of the ball too. It was a thought that I had. Not this maybe- has been a nutty KC Sports Network update. You said DeAndre Hopkins is a better chief than Tyreek Hill already. And <laughs> yeah. you said Drake Chris Jones. Listen, I've already I've already said I've backed away from that one. That was a thought that I threw out there, but I don't don't agree with it anymore. Um but I think Legere Sneed is the big one that people are talking about. Hey, maybe trading Legere Sneed, trying to get some value out of that. Kind of the same conversation um, of trying to get some value out of him while you can so he just doesn't walk and you don't get anything about him. What are your thoughts on kind of the his situation with the contract? Do you think he'll be back or do you think that they, they trade him or is it just a, he just straight walks? It, it, I usually tell or I usually assume that history is our best foreteller of the future, and the Chiefs have done this as recently as with, uh, was it Ward? Didn't they do with uh, uh, Lil Mooney Ward? They let him walk. Mm-hmm. Niners paid him. He's still balling out there as one of the best part, one of the best defensive uh, units in the league, but I think the word is, and I had to kind of catch up on my Chiefs street knowledge, but when I got to the streets, the Chiefs Twitter streets, one of the first things they told me about Brett Veach is that he doesn't pay cornerbacks. That was like his that was on his like Tinder profile for a GM. It was like I don't pay corners. I like he had a couple things on there. That was one of them. Um so I'm assuming that somebody else is going to pay him. I'm assuming the Chiefs are going to ring the lemon dry, say thank you for your services. They'll probably make another deep playoff run this year. I mean, of course under Mahomes you can already assume and just pencil them into the AFC title game. So I'm assuming that they're gonna they, they're negotiating now in good faith and and they always do right but Brett Veach has shown us this tendency to hey I have my line in the sand he did it with Tyreek um and, and I'm not really budging off of that and with what's the number as far as what what Snee is gonna want is he gonna want a top end corner he's gonna say I want to be top four or five was that twenty or are we talking twenty two I'm looking yeah. at his I'm looking at his spo track right now Legarius Snead is twenty six years old he's played three years in the league. Um, this is a, this is last year, but you un, unrestricted free agent next year. So I'm assuming that the Chiefs front office is saying, hey, you've been a great part of our defense and anchor you've played through and set. Because remember, there's a lot of family stuff here as well. Right. Like mm-hmm. that, that that plays a factor into that. He took some time away from the team. Um, uh, but, <sighs> I think Brett Veach says, hey, thank you so much. This is where we're at right now. We can talk again at the end of the season. We can talk again because I don't think they want to do this during the season. Uh, that's right. just me reading the tea leaves. That's not me reporting anything. Please don't aggregate me anywhere. Um, but I'm assuming that they're gonna they're gonna they're talking now in good faith. We haven't heard anything yet, so it seems like they're not on the same page. But based on on the past, he's paid by somebody else. And thanks for his service. There'll be a thank you tweet from from at Chiefs. It certainly will be. How. How awkward it would be if the Chiefs did tweet out that thank you to 
Frank Clark, and then they have to come back with the. We've just resigned Frank Clark. I, I thought about that the other day. It's like they they tweeted out like they were done, um, but now that Chris Jones, uh, maybe that's a part of Chris Jones' contract, right? He just says, "Yeah, you you get you pay me, and then also resign Frank Clark for a year." Maybe that's what he's trying to negotiate. If anybody's going to do that, it's 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 him because he dedicated his Twitter account to to try to bring the shark back. They already ate some dead cap money in that too, isn't it? Like. Wasn't like seven mil or like nine mil or something like that to, to be able to like designate him as a post June one or whatever the hell it was to welcome him back. It, it would have to be vet men. It would have to be yeah. UD deal. It would have to. I don't. It would be a very interesting contract that personally I don't know if Frank Clark would want to sign. Right. I know that as you already mentioned uh, uh, earlier in the podcast. Chiefs fans like to think that everyone will play for the vet minimum for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. Why wouldn't you want to play with Mahomes? I mean, I would I would play with Mahomes for free, right? That's what Chiefs Kingdom's logic right. is. Right. Yeah, these guys are trying to make generational wealth so their great children's children don't have to work. And listen, I can't knock the hustle, honestly. I if I was in their spot, I'd be trying to make much money, as much money as I can, because the NFL, not for long. That's what it stands for. All right, Aaron, let's take a break. And when we come back, there's a couple more players I want to talk about. We'll flip to the offensive side of the ball. We'll flip to the offensive side of the ball, talk about some offensive players, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back into KCS and Update. Hanging out with Aaron Ladd. You can find him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd TV. Uh, we're talking about some Chiefs breakout players. I'm flipping to the offensive side of the ball here. I want to talk about, I know you wanted to stay away from the wide receiver room, but there's one guy that I wanted to talk about specifically, and that's Sky Moore. I think a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of the streets, as we can call them, the Twitter streets of Chiefs Kingdom, Putting a lot of pressure on Sky Moore to be that uh, to be a breakout player, but I, I personally kind of want to see Sky Moore develop into that McCole Harbin role that he had, right? Running a lot of those jet sweeps, kind of. I don't want to say gadget because I think a lot of times people think a gadget is a is a negative connotation. That's not necessarily a bad thing to be a gadget player, but a guy who runs a specific set of plays, set of routes. And if he does that, Aaron, do you think he will be treated better than McCole Harbin was? <laughs> The the wide receiver room is so it's so interesting because the, oh. the streets, which I now know that you're in, Tucker Franklin oh. is in the Chief Streets. You might be you might be the Chief Streets. You are the Chief Streets. Ooh. 
Oh. They they just want to know who's going to be that other guy. We know Kelsey's going to be there independable, right? We know that we know that we can count on him and his production uh, year in and year out. We know in most cases, if Kadarius Tony is healthy, we know we can count on him to be out there. Who's going to be that other guy? And they want Sky Moore to be that guy. Of course, the investment was a second round pick, and he's shown the the ability to make game changing plays when he at least catches the ball. Uh, word to his punt receiving abilities, but. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Gadget and that kind of space creator may be a better term for it instead of Gadget. Yeah. Um, that role is effective is, is extremely effective in Andy Reid's offense. That There's always going to be a role for that guy. I mean, that, that Andy Reid can make that guy out of pretty much anybody. Richie James might be that guy. He's sure. got that. And, and when we're talking about the Rosses, John Ross is also one of, another one of those shifty, quick twitch muscles, can move, stop on a dime. They're more of these sports car type builds. Yes, McCall Hardman was one of them, but he's not the only version of that. Um, Sky Moore will fit that role when everything is, comes together. I think there was a lot of pressure on him last year, and maybe some of that was self-created. And then, I mean, heck, when you're when you're tunneling in your head and you're a rookie and you've never done things before, things snowball. And, yeah. and it, it snowballed and it torpedoed, and thank goodness it didn't hurt them too terribly. They still managed to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but he's going to come back with, with uh, higher expectations and – um, he's going to come back with wanting to prove that it, it wasn't just that one thing. I mean, remember, he scored his first career touchdown in in the Super Bowl, in the comeback, in, in one of those uh, corn dog plays where they weren't lined up right. Like, he 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 finished on that high note. I, I hope that does a lot for his confidence as far as Sky Moore is concerned. Sam, and I think if you can take him off of, like, the special teams duties, this is where I think Richie James can be really uh, beneficial for this Chiefs, as you mentioned. You know, they want those wide receiver five and six to to be special teams guys. Richie James has the history, has the ability to return punts. And it, it, it gets interesting. I know a lot of people, a lot of Chiefs Kingdom, the last impression they have of a, of a re- punt return is the Kadarius Tony punt return. And they let, say, hey, let's put that guy back there. That guy can barely stay on the field as is as a wide receiver. So let's not, let's not try to... Uh, it doesn't work like that. Yes, that is more of a luxury vehicle than like your everyday driving car. Kadarius Tony back there at punt return. We're talking breakout in the wide receiver room, though. I, I want to be more reasonable and say like an MVS breakout, quote unquote, would be yeah. more uh, that would be more beneficial to KC's wideout room than anybody. Right. Like if you could depend on e- on MVS to be that consistent three to say, OK, we're going into our game offensively with Mahomes, Kelsey and MVS for. Uh, a bulk of our offense, I, I I would be more I would be more confident in that than saying Sky Moore is our three because that's just not where he's at yet as far as his development as a player. Just because that's where he is now doesn't mean where he he's always going to be. And obviously the Chiefs and also I and I'm sure other people in the Twitter streets believe in his potential long term. But if we could go into this year saying MVS and Mahomes have salted down that chemistry a little bit more, and he's the guy of the breakout guy in that room. I think that's what Chiefs fans realistically should be rooting for more than one of the young guys. Absolutely, and I feel like kind of MVS has not been really talked about uh, this offseason. <laughs> the only time people were really talking about him was like, oh yeah, they can cut him and save like this much money. And it's just like, that's not how this works. He was the hero in the AFC title game. Yes. So, er- l- lest how quickly we forget. The Chiefs aren't even playing for the Super Bowl against the Eagles had it not be for MVS because they had you and me out there as wide receivers at a certain point after everybody went down. MVS, I know he didn't statistically have a huge year, but he had about an average year for what he's produced in the NFL. I mean, if you looked at his numbers with Rodgers and his first year with Holmes, 
it was about what you it was about what you paid for for if you're Kansas City. So I, when people were having the cut MVS conversation, I'm like, are you insane? It, like you want he he needs to be the guy that that takes the step forward that that keeps you at that consistent top ten offense pace. They need to have guys out there that have played professional football before. Like that's the thing. Like that, that's the thing. They need guys who have taken meaningful snaps in an NFL game before. Not saying that Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore haven't. They're just limited snaps. Like MVS is 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 more crucial to this team than I think a lot of people think. MVS, Kelsey, and Mahomes are like your cake. And then what Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony is more so cake, but still kind of icing, especially when they traded for him midway through last year. Then he pops in the Super Bowl and makes some of the biggest plays. Like their contributions and that kind of thing. Justin Watson, I think, is even a little bit more cake as far as like he runs all the routes on the route tree. He can step in for guys individually and play the X, play the Y, like different things. Like I think that ideally when you're thinking of a Sky Moore contribution to the to the wide receiver room, and what he brings. His 200, 350, 400, whatever yards are more icing to the offense than than foundational cake. I'm a, I'm a hungry guy all the time, so I used a, a cake reference. Listen, I haven't had lunch yet, so it's perfect. Uh, I'm getting ready. But Aaron, before I let you go, I, I want to ask you about the NBA Finals coming up. Ooh. The Denver Nuggets seem like an absolute juggernaut. Uh, just sweeping the, uh, the, the Lakers, facing the... I like to call them the good vibes heat, a team that just playing strictly off of vibes. And I really want to see the heat win this series. And I really want to see Jimmy Butler. He's got, I've heard some people say the dog got the Jimmy Butler in him um, because of. It's so bad. It's, it's it's so bad. Also the dog in him is kind of gotten out of hand. Let's be honest. Uh, the dog in him is like him. It's like yeah. mid it, it's, it's starting to, it's starting to get a little, a little outdated. For sure. So, what what are your thoughts? What are your what are your vibes? What are your feelings on this uh, on this finals? Um. So I'm ecstatic that, and I am in the in the presence of another true son. So I could I couldn't help but start off without mentioning that either way, Nuggets win, Heat win. There will be a Missouri NBA champion this year. Shout out Drew Smith, um, who was a part of the Heat organization at some point this year, and of course MPJ. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. On, on the Denver Nuggets. The Eastern Conference Finals was like such a fever pitch. Like, I feel like this is, this is like a letdown a little bit, but uh-huh. I'm not underrating the Heat. As a Hawks fan, I kind of am confused how we beat them in the first play in game. And now that they are like, have like completely circled back. I mean, there were points in that, in that second play in game where I thought that they were going to get knocked out. Was it the Bulls? Yeah. Yeah, and like I didn't know what was going on there. I, I'm not thinking that this is gonna. Everybody's saying Nuggets in five. Um, that's been a very like trendy thing or pick to say, but I could see the Heat stealing Game One. They've done it in all the previous series to this point. They stunned Milwaukee. They stunned New York. Um, they stunned Boston. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they run and, and get the Game One here as well. They they're gritty. We should be talking more about Caleb Martin than we should be talking about Jimmy Butler. I think he got absolutely snubbed for Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Like the things that Caleb Martin has shown the ability to do in these last, it's like Monstar Space Jam stuff here. Like I saw his numbers in the regular season. He's averaging like 10 more points per game in the playoffs than he was in the regular. Like like, that's not supposed to happen. He's shooting like 60% from the floor in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, this guy who might not even be in the league without the help of J. Cole, yes, that J. Cole, Jermaine Cole, after he got cut from the Charlotte uh, Hornets, who their owner must not know anything about basketball, Tucker. It's a, weird. It, yeah. it's, it's insane. I think the Nuggets win, but I think it's a more competitive series. I won't make an official prediction, but 
uh, it's fun, man. It's our last taste of basketball for a very long time, and then it's back to Royals baseball. Yes, sir. Well, if you want more NBA podcasts, uh, you you can find Aaron Knight's NBA podcast. Uh, it's coming up soon. Uh, no, I'm just joking. But Aaron, I appreciate you hanging out with me for a little bit, talking some Chiefs, talking some talking some hoops, talking a little bit of everything, talking talking the Twitter streets uh, here on today's KCS and update. Any final thoughts? No, appreciate y'all having me on, man. Enjoy those vacations. Enjoy the summertime. Get outside, touch grass, have fun. We'll be back at Arrowhead rocking here in 99 days it is now. That's going to do it for today's KCS and update. Thank you all so much for hanging out, making us a part of your day. We'll be back next week, I think. I don't want to lie to you, but I think I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.